So I thank you for your support. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for all the gifts. So Larry and I, we just returned this last Monday. I'm not sure what you were doing Monday evening, but we returned from an eight-day trip into Chiang Rai, Thailand. And we were teaching the Bible at a conference for 102 Chinese pastors. But before I kind of take you to Chiang Rai and show you pictures and tell you stories that will just touch your life deeply, uh, I want to talk a little bit about China itself and what God is doing in China. So here's a map. Here's a picture of China itself. 1.3 billion people live in China. It's the number one most populated country in the world. It's the fourth largest country in terms of size. Russia, Canada, United States, and then China. The world's second largest economy is China. Uh, many uh, analysts believe it will overtake our economy in about 2050. It's growing like crazy. There are 22 different provinces in China. Uh, 11 of the provinces in China, we had pastors travel from there to Thailand to join our conference. Uh, it's, a, it's an atheistic, uh, communist government. The religion stated, religion of China, is atheistic, secular, non-religious. And yet the fastest growing religion in China is Christianity. A uh, hundred million plus uh, Christians currently. It's the greatest church growth in all Christian history is taking place in China right now. Estimated 10,000 people in China every day come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. The Chinese church has endured the most widespread persecution in all of Christian history. It is an unbelievably persecuted country. Uh, the government considers all unregistered churches illegal. Christians face threats, fines, arrests, beatings. The forced closure of their churches, crosses being removed. It has a very poor human rights record. There's a tremendous leadership need uh, in China. You can imagine with 10,000 people becoming Christians every day, the need for pastors. And this you might find to be shocking, but in China, for every trained pastor, there are 60,000 Christians. You think about that. In the United States, I believe there's one trained pastor for every 300 Christians. China, 60,000. There is such a need for pastoral training, and that, frankly, is one of the big reasons why we go. So here's a picture of Thailand, and uh, this is where we flew into. In northern Thailand, you've got Chiang Rai, and that's the, the area where we do the training. And uh, here's a picture of us flying into Thailand. It's a beautiful country if you've ever been to Thailand. It's gorgeous, green, and, uh, you know, here Larry and I, we land uh, in Chiang Rai, the city. I think it's uh, about 180,000, if I recall, Chiang Rai. And gorgeous. Again, just everywhere you look. And once in a while, you find these creepy guys <laughs> kind of hiding behind bamboo, staring at you. So other than that, it's a really nice country, you know. Um, and so we go to the Barnabas and Partners Training Center where this training takes place. Here's a picture of it from a distance. There's like four main buildings that are all part of it. It started with just this building but it's expanded to all these uh, going to the right. Uh, this is the main meeting area where all the training takes place. It's also the men's dormitory. Then there's the dining hall down below. 
then you've got uh, a sports kind of area, and then the women's dormitory is that far building. And uh, here's a closer look at that. That's the newest building that was just uh, uh, built, and actually we dedicated it. There was a dedication ceremony that Larry and I uh, were a part of, and others as well. And uh, there's Larry, myself, and John Bechtel. Some of you remember John Bechtel. John, uh, really, this was his vision, this training center. So many Chinese were traveling across the border into Chiang Rai because there's all these colleges there. And they were going to school. And John was like, why not place something that can train pastors here and get them out of China where there's so much persecution and allow them the freedom to be taught the Word of God? And that was his vision. And uh, so we dedicated, you know, this last piece of property. There's Larry praying a prayer of dedication uh, with the pastors there. You wonder, what was the weather like? <laughs> you think it was hot? Uh, these are water buffalo. I felt like jumping in there with them. They're like, come on in if you dare, dude. And uh, this is a strange picture, but this happened while we were in Thailand. Notice the picture to the left. That is a woman, okay? She was literally, it was so hot, this woman lay down in the canal and she literally fell asleep. She didn't wake up until authorities arrived to remove her dead corpse. Surprise! I was just taking a nap. And you can imagine, <laughs> I was, it was hot. I mean, it was really hot, guys. Um, so we spent time here at the Barnabas and Partners. It was a pastoral training conference. 102 pastors from 11 provinces in mainland China. And what I learned was that 70 of them, this was the first time they ever even got outside of China. This was their, for many of them, their first conference. What I also learned is that uh, for many of them, this will be their only conference that they will ever experience. For some of them, this will help them go five years, 10 years, without further, like, conference training like this. And, uh, I mean, these are... The, the need for training is just unbelievable, and uh, it is such a blessing and a privilege for them to be able to come. Uh, all the training is indoors in Thailand. Uh, you always go into uh, holy places uh, barefoot, so we honor that in uh, Thailand. And here's uh, Larry doing some training. Uh, we taught a total of 14 sessions. Larry would, spoke on the names of God, and I spoke on the names given to us by God. Here's uh, another picture of just in the training. Each pastor uh, received a pair of glasses, a pair of reading glasses to take home. It was kind of a reminder uh, of the conference and that they would, uh, through these glasses, as they just put these glasses on their desk, it would be a symbol of how our prayer for them as they would, uh, as they move forward, clear, more clearly see who God is and that they would also more clearly see who they are by the names that God has given to them. And uh, so they all went out to some tables where there were these, you know, hundreds of glasses. And I said, just pick a pair, take them out of the package and come back in for the next session and I'll tell you what they are. And, and many of them came in and they, they didn't take them out of the package. I said, how come? They said, no, this is precious. We want to take it home and we want to be able to give this away to my mother or father. I mean, they're very poor. I mean, they, they have the, the shirt on their back and, and for them, this is a huge gift, and uh, they're very appreciative. 
there were times in our sessions uh, where amazing worship, I mean, all, all these pastors, they don't know each other. This is the first time they'd met each other, but yet you would just in a second go, I mean, they've known each other for their life, right? Uh, there, there's such a family, a camaraderie when you suffer for the gospel. And there are beautiful times of worship. I recorded some of it just so you could hear, and hopefully our sound is going to be all right. Robert, you ready? I don't know what's going to happen. The thing might blow. We'll see. You get a feel for just the worship. So they would have worship in all, most all the sessions just beforehand. And also prayer. Uh, the Chinese, they pray so intensely they all get up early, like 5 in the morning, and they'll spend an hour in prayer, uh, if not more. And their prayer is so powerful, and I wanted you to kind of hear this as well. Often in the midst of worship, they will just break out, all of them, together praying to the Lord. In addition to that, we had all sorts of games that we play. I mean, these are persecuted Christians, and they can come to a conference, and we've learned they need levity and joy. And so we will begin each session by passing, we'll do a game or a question, and then we will hand them a Christian book. And Christian books are absolutely priceless to them. And they will do anything for a Christian book. So here's one of the games that I think I got it recorded here that we played. You guys are going to love this kind of stuff. guy won, by the way. They probably go home, they go, you think prison was bad, you should try their games, you know. <laughs> so the ultimate game that we do every year that we've introduced to the Church of China, and I know this has gone viral all over the country, is called the Table of Death. And this is what it all builds to. And I'm going to show you Larry. Would you like to see Larry do the Table of Death? So Larry, Larry just, this is great. I don't, no, no explanation is Put your hands together. This is the world champ of the table of death. Undefeated champion of the world. Dr. Larry Bull. He's competed in the 1988 Olympics in this event. A gold medalist. Put your hands together.
now we have the three young men. So we bring up, you know, three of the youngest guys, the, the strongest guys, and then Larry does that before him. And this year, all three of them also made it. It was great. The crowd went nuts, and it was so much fun. Uh, we passed out candy. Uh, they love candy. They never get candy like this. Seize Candy sponsors all the trips that, that I do. And uh, they, it's just so special to be able to do that. Uh, here's some more candy that we passed out. Um, which they just love, and we let them eat it during our teaching, and they just like they they just enjoy that so much. Uh, here's a picture of the whole group just out in front of uh, the Barnabas Center, and uh, one evening, you know, in the evening after the teaching is done, they would do different events, and uh, one time we just gave them each a twenty dollar bill, and just allowed them to go out. I mean, that is like huge for them, and to just go out and shop in the market. They bus them to the market. And they were able to buy some things, and it's just so precious. I mean, just with tears in their eyes, they're receiving that, and it's, it's special. Um, oh, I got to introduce this. So every year, you know, I've done this five years, and uh, every year I go, there's one Chinese pastor that I love, and his name is Skinny John. And I just love this guy because he's so skinny. And every the first time I saw him, I went, dude, you're so skinny, and I just picked him up. And that became the tradition. I would just pick this guy up, if all different types of picking him up, and, and he would just laugh. And everyone would laugh at me, crazy American, you know, kind of thing. And so I'm like, but Skinny John wasn't there. So I was like, man, and there was just this moment I wanted to pick. So I picked Larry up without him knowing it, and I named him Skinny Larry. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and then, so the next day we arrive and Larry's like, Mark, I got to do it. He goes, I go, what do you mean you got to do it? He goes, I've been thinking about it all night. He goes, I, you, you lifted me up. He goes, I got to pick you up. And I go, what? <laughs> I go, your basketball career will be over. You'll never be able to walk up to the pulpit. He goes, no, I can do it. I can do it. I go, no, you don't even want to try. And he goes, yeah, I can do it. I go, okay, bro. So, so I, I call him now. That's herniated, Larry. And then, you know, the pastors, we had so much fun just talking about, you know, we've done, Larry and I, 35 years we've done ministry together. And uh, I showed them a picture of Larry and I 35 years ago. Would you like to see it? Yeah. I mean, this is crazy, huh? <laughs> hey, it's not that funny, Wayne. Come on now. I mean, we haven't changed a bit, right? Come on now. Give us some love. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you some stories about these dear ones. Uh, oh, and this is where it might start me struggling a little bit. This is Pastor Elijah, and uh, he grew up in a non-Christian family. He heard, uh, his mom heard the gospel. She trusted in Christ. And um, she came to him, and for the first time, he heard the name Jesus. And he said, who is this Jesus? Is there a book? And uh, so she went looking for a book, a Bible, something to give her son. They couldn't find a Bible. The only thing she could find was a, a book called 52 Steps of Discipleship. And so she took this book and gave it to her son. He took two days and one night to copy it by hand. As a result of copying that book, he gave his life to Jesus Christ and he began preaching immediately. 
Three years later, it took him three years later until he saw with his eyes his first Bible. He took that Bible and he copied the entire Bible. And that became his Bible. It took him five years for him to get his own Bible. Wow. Today, 40% of Christians in China don't even own still a Bible. There are many churches, 100 people in size, they only have one Bible to share amongst them all, and that's precious. He has, Elijah to this day, no, no formal education. He continued to preach, and he started his first house church. God began to do many miracles he would talk about. For example, God would allow a small amount of food to last for weeks, and he said that this prepared him for prison. At age 43, with 33 others, he was arrested for just sharing the gospel. He's given a two-and-a-half-year sentence. God protected him, and he led three people to Christ and baptized them in the prison. He currently serves at his church of 200 people, but he has planted and oversees 20 other churches, some of them as big as 300. And I asked Elijah, I said, what is the greatest truth that God has taught you? And he said this, quote, as I serve God wholeheartedly, God will provide everything I need. And I thought about 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Mm. This is a picture of Elijah. I just said, would you hold up a Bible? And he did. And I just thought, man, uh, you know, for $3, we can place a copy of God's word into a Christian in China's hands. And if this is something the Lord would lay on your heart, you talk to me. If that's something you want to do, we can send them there. Uh, and, of course, these are the study Bibles. Study Bibles are illegal in China. You're found with a study Bible, you'll be arrested. And yet, you guys provided every one of them. They're willing to take the risk to go back into China with that study Bible. They would rather go to jail than not have the Bible that you gave them. For $40, you can put a study Bible in the hands of a Chinese pastor. If that's something on your heart, you come and talk to me about it. This is Pastor Henry. Uh, he was the first man in his family to come to Christ, and now his entire family and his, the entire family of his wife's side are now Christians. He grew up in a completely non-religious uh, family. When he was 25 years old, his wife got severely sick, and he took her to the doctors, and the doctor said she only had a few months to live, and the doctor said, get a casket and prepare for a funeral. Henry did not believe in Christ, uh, but he took his wife to the only church in their village, and, and the church prayed for her. And she stayed in the church for five days, literally in the church, laying there. She couldn't walk, she couldn't eat, she couldn't drink. Finally, a doctor visited the church and pronounced her physically dead. And this was big news, it, that someone in a church died, and all of their family, all of their friends came to comfort Henry um, Henry was crying, and he wanted, he said, to commit suicide. And finally, in desperation, he didn't believe in Jesus, but he cried out. He said, Jesus, help me. He prayed that three-word prayer. And he looked at his wife lying on the table, and he saw her hand move. He took his wife home. She slept two weeks and woke up totally and completely healed. <laughs> no one can explain it, even to this day. Henry's wife is today in perfect health. Henry said, because Jesus saved my wife, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, and I want to serve Christ with all of my life. 
And today, Henry leads a church planting movement. He's planted, watch this, 60 churches in China and counting. I asked him, I said, what is the greatest truth you've ever learned? He said, our God is beyond imagination and how awesome he is and that God would use me. <laughs> wow. This woman came up to Larry after he had taught a session and with tears and just uh, asking uh, for prayer because of the threats that she and her church were uh, receiving from the police. And in the moment, we didn't have time to get all the story, but afterwards, I found her. Uh, her name is Angie, and I interviewed her. And she shared that in her area, the police have forcefully removed 40 crosses from 40 different churches, and they came to her church and said, let us take down your cross, or we will destroy your entire church. In her church of 1,000 people, uh, they began to post a guard every single night because that's when the police would do uh, removal of crosses. And so she was part of that guard. They would protect the cross all night long, but finally the police came late at night, and she said with an overwhelming force, it was impossible to resist. They removed our cross. And now the police are threatening to place cameras in their church to monitor their every single move. And she came to Larry. She came to us. She's asking us to pray for her and her church. This is one of my favorite pastors. Uh, I know him. He's a dear friend. And uh, um, his name, I, I name him G.I. Joe. Okay? Now, you say, why? Well, he was a former gang member. And you can see right here, his finger is cut off. Literally, he was in a knife fight. And literally, and I've shared with his, you his story before. I won't give you his testimony. It's absolutely incredible. But this guy's boldness and heart for God is unbelievable. So my question for Joe is just, Joe, tell me, what's the latest? What's going on in your life? And he said, well, you know, two years ago, God placed in my heart to disciple 18 younger pastors. I go, yeah, I remember the first time I did a training there, he brought 18 guys with him that he was personally mentoring him, them. And he, he's mentored them over these last two years in expository preaching, counseling, evangelism, church management, and all 18 have just graduated. And he says, now I'm ready to do it again. And this is on top of pastoring churches. So I said, how can I pray for you, Joe? And he said, well, many of these younger pastors, and even though those in my church of 200, my church is now down to 80. I said, well, why? What's going on? He said, this last year, the police have forced my family to move five different times. He's married, has two children. Five different times, they've forced him out of his apartment into a different apartment. The church also, the literal physical church, has been forced to move five different times. And because of that, he says... People are afraid uh, in, in my church family because of the persecution. He said, the police came to me and said, quote, I know where your kids go to school, threatening even my family. He said, my wife, my children, we need your prayers. And I asked him, I said, Joe, how do you keep on going? And he said, God's love, God's love. In the difficulties, he said, I cry out to God and God gives me strength. I look to how good God has been to me. He said, I'm not afraid of death. I know I'm doing the right thing. God comforts me and keeps lifting me up. And I thought about Joshua 1.9. It talks about be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And he's just such a strong, courageous man that I want to encourage us to be praying for. 
Um, this is Sam, and uh, his story is so touching. And I actually caught his story on video, and so I'm just going to let you hear me tell it. The quote you can see, God gave me his strength as I constantly sang a song, but I want to let you just hear his story as I uh, retold it there. I'm here with Sam. Uh, he's a Christian, a Chinese Christian and pastor, and his story is just so moving. At 17 years of age, he trusted in Christ as his Savior and Lord when he heard the gospel, felt called into ministry, began to get trained. At 21 years of age, he was arrested uh, by the police for preaching the gospel, was placed into a brutal prison camp for a year and a half, uh, working in a t-shirt 18 hours a day in freezing cold conditions, deprived of food, beaten by guards. And yet even then, he said God sustained him, gave him strength. There was a song that he continued to recite that it's through the pain and difficulty that the sunshine comes. That's a loose translation of what he would sing constantly. He had the opportunity to lead uh, one person to Christ, shared the gospel many times in prison. One person came to Christ and the guards found out about it. And they said, you're in prison because for preaching the gospel and you're in here now preaching the gospel, you haven't yet repented. And of course, he would never repent of preaching the gospel. He's proud of it. And Sam continues to serve the Lord. He's one of the pastors that we support. And $100 a month allows a pastor like Sam to go full-time ministry serving Jesus Christ. And I know you can't see his face, but would you pray for pastors like Sam and others that are suffering for Christ and they just lay their life down and God is using them so greatly in China. Thank you so much for just listening uh, to Sam's story. And Sam, God bless you. It's an honor. It's an honor to call you my brother. And uh, the Lord bless you. So we could be praying for a guy like Sam. He's one of uh, many. This is Laura. Oh, wow, her story. Larry told it in part. Uh, she came to Christ uh, at age 13. And then at age 17, she received training uh, from a pastor that I know personally. I won't mention his name. But they basically train you this way. Knowing Jesus is about the cross. And it's a willingness to die for Jesus Christ. And they send people out with the thought that you will probably die for Christ. And she was part of this movement. They're, they're, they're fearless in preaching the gospel. And uh, so she went out at age 17, at age 18, where she began to preach the gospel. And three of them went to this mountainous area. And all the people on, in this region turned to Christ. It was a mass revival. And then they went to the next mountain. And late at night as they are sleeping, they heard the rustling. And it was police that surrounded the entire area. And they arrested the three of them. They tied them up in ropes, and it was winter, and they drugged them literally off uh, this hill. And the police uh, beat her uh, brutally. They slapped her so hard, she said she couldn't even feel her face. She became dizzy, disoriented. They were questioning her, where are you from? Who is your leader? What is your purpose? She remained silent, or she would give them a vague name. They cursed her. They said, if you don't talk, we will beat you to death. They, at that point, had her in handcuffs. They hung her up by her handcuffs on a metal bar all night long. Her toes were barely able to touch the floor to lift herself up. She thought both of her wrists would break. They broke her ankle, 
And uh, that whole night she stood there. The next day, they took her along with her other friend. They put them on a cart. They tied a cardboard sign around their neck, and they paraded them through town, broadcasting to the entire town that these two people were evil. They were taken, taken to prison. She was. And over the next 45 days, she led 30 people to Jesus Christ in that prison. And I asked her, I said, how did you find strength? And she said, God's word sustained me. And it was Acts 14.22 that says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. She repeated that again and again and again. And it's what sustained her uh, in prison. Then she said to me something that kind of shocked me. She's, but, and she's looking at me and with tears. I'm going to show you the video of her talking about her imprisonment and beating in a second. But then she kind of lit up and she said, but, she goes, the great thing was when I went to prison the next time. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? And she goes, well, I was teaching the Bible and I was arrested. And this time I was taken to prison for four months. And I was like, what? And she goes, but there the guards didn't beat me. And, and I go, well, why? She goes, before I came uh, to this prison, the, it, it was all women prison, and the women were, were so uh, angry and, and, and they, they would fight so viciously that the guards would not even come near them. And when I came, I began to pray for these women, and I brought a calmness to all the inmates. And the guards loved that. And so they would let me teach all of the women, one Bible verse per day. And then she talked about how there was this tower in that prison, and ultimately she had so much favor in the prison, the guards let her get up on the tower and preach to all the prisoners. Yeah. And 60 came to Christ in that prison. <laughs> and so I asked her, I said, what would you say to someone if they came up to you and said, God doesn't love you, he sent you to this prison, look how you've suffered. She said, a judge said that exact thing, thing question to me, Mark. He said, uh, God doesn't love you. Look, he's allowed you to get caught. She said, I said, getting caught was what God permitted. If God didn't want me to get caught and arrested, it would, it would have never happened. <laughs> and I asked her, I said, Laura, what's the greatest lesson you have ever learned? She said, everything is God's will. I thought about John 19, 10 and 11. Remember Pilate, he came to Jesus and he said, don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Everything is God's will. Nothing touches us without it going through the hands of a loving God first. And God has a plan. Everything in your life, God's will. Let that speak to you deeply. Well, I want you to hear her because um, I was like in tears listening to this. And this is the moment she's talking about her leg being broken, her being uh, hung up, and she's just got tears. And I just want, this is, and this is, I give this to you so you will pray for the Church of China. Mm-hmm. 
把我的手靠在那个，当时是钢筋嘛哈、嗯，把我的手这样反着靠在那个钢筋上，靠了整整一个一个晚上嘛、嗯。所以我的手脚啊全部都麻了，因为在过那个时候我的脚扭了，扭伤了，就是当时也不知道痛，一直到现在我还有风湿嘛、嗯，不知道痛，整个一直到天亮才把我的手放下来，整个手全部都是青的，靠在那靠整整一个晚上。嗯You know, these are human beings just like you and me. They can't imagine what they're experiencing. It's hard for us to see that. But guess what? I believe you'd be just as courageous under those circumstances. These are God's people filled with His Spirit that rise in a courageous, and yet they're humans. They talk about this and they weep over what they've experienced. And we need to be praying. Everything is God's will. What a powerful lesson. Maybe that will minister to someone here. Now, you need to understand. I'm and Larry are in this day in and day out. We're hearing these stories, and the need for us to have fun with them is just like so important. Okay, this is the first time they've ever been. Imagine your life 24/7. You are surveillanced. Police are after you. They want to catch you. In, they want to put you in prison. <laughs> they want to shut down your church. This is their life every single day. And when they come to an environment like this, because what I'm going to show you right now. I can't believe I'm going to show you this. Now you know I like to joke, right? Okay, I like to have a lot of fun, and uh, so I'm going to show you something right now that uh, is going to be kind of.、Uh, I showed my wife this; she couldn't even watch it. Okay,、um, but Larry, let me give you the background. Larry,、um, at each session that he would teach. At many of them, he would get his trumpet out and he'd play a beautiful hymn to set the tone for what he wanted to talk about. And so, before the last session, I got an idea of how to have fun. And、uh, I had, just so you know, this happened 15 minutes before I was going to preach, and I thought this could be really cool. And I had never even heard this song before, and、uh, I can't believe I'm showing this to you right now. Okay. Okay, it's no explanation is needed. We're just going to let it rip, and I'm going to have to actually have a seat. <laughs> I've never shared this anywhere around the world. Back when I didn't know Jesus, I was a renowned, world-class trumpet player. You know, 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 超级有名气的，特别特别有名的这个呃鼓手。Oh, When I became a Christian, Pastor Larry discipled me. He taught me about Jesus. 那但是呢，我信主以后吧，呃 ，Larry 牧师呢，他就教导我，他就门徒训练我。But I taught Larry. 啊，我是一个号手号手哈，但是我呢就教 Larry 牧师。Everything about the trumpet. 就是因为我特别会吹号，我是最有名的，所以我就教 Larry 牧师怎么吹这个迷你号。我这个吹。As a matter of fact. 那事实上。I used to travel all over the United States. 我呢是在全美到处旅行。And I had a band. 我还有一个乐队呢。Was called Smoking Hot Mark. 那这个名字就是最啊，就是最火热的，或者是最流行的马可。炙<笑>手可热的
叫做炙手可热的马可和他的男孩们这样的一个一个组合啊。We had multiple number one hits all over the United States. 我们若干次哈，在美国获得各种音乐这个榜首的这个这个这个，就是到处哈引起了强烈的冲击波。And I feel like to not today, I think. Would you like me to play one of my songs? 那今天你们想不想听我来给你们演奏一曲呢？ Stop it there! It's just too painful after that. Let me tell you. <laughs> Did you notice that all the cell phones coming out and they're recording it? So it's gone viral all over China by this point. You know, I mean, oh my God! Smoking hot Mark in the band. The band is back. That was Barnabas and Larry, and they they just died. I mean, it was it was hilarious, and you just had to have these moments. I know. For us, I know you'll never think of me the same. <laughs> and my boys were like, "You're kidding me, Dad. You actually tried to dance." <laughs> uh, anything for the gospel, right? But you know, the Bible says a cheerful heart is good medicine. Proverbs 17:22. And some of you are going, "You just tried to spiritualize that, Mark. You're not going to get out of it that easy." You know. But we had a lot of fun, and they need that fun. They need it. They really do. Mm. And so do you. You know,、uh, the conference ends with just a, a beautiful kind of ending ceremony and tears, and and this is where it just becomes so precious. They form a line, they come up, and you hand them a back. I can't believe that they bring a whole backpack alone. And then inside that backpack are there's socks and medicine and seize candies and thumb drives. And many of you gave these gifts, or you gave money for it, and it's just so amazing.、Um, Study Bibles, and this was probably maybe the most emotionally touching moment because I would see all your pictures, and Larry mentioned that this morning. I'm handing these study Bibles out, and I'm thinking about you. I see your picture there, and literally I'm crying, just thinking of just how much this means to them, and that they will put those pictures in those Bibles, and they will pray for you the rest of your life. They will not know your name, but and I of course share with them they will pray for you. 
and they just are so moved by this. To have a study Bible is like gold for them. It's just unbelievably precious. And um, medicines. So thank you, Keith and Kathy. I don't know if you're here. You gave us all the medicines. And they're just, this is so meaningful to them to have this, to go home. Seize Candies. Uh, Cindy and Greg Warren, thank you. Seize Candies, I want to thank you as well that we bring in. And uh, Study Bibles, I want to thank you all. And uh, for just, they just are overjoyed that they could have something like that. Here's a video. I just wanted you to hear them expressing their thanks. This is Larry and I expressing our thanks to you as well. Uh... Hey, home builders. We're here with 102 Chinese pastors, and they love these Bibles. Thank you so much. You know, not every pastor in China has their own Bible because they have to give away their Bible to the new believers all the time. It means a lot to them to have a study Bible. Thank you so much. Homebuilders, love you guys so much. You give so much. You're such a blessing to missions all over the world. It was so exciting to just see each of these receive one of these study Bibles that they will bring back to China. They're going to study God's Word for the rest of their lives. And your picture there as well, just amazing. And guess what? These guys, brothers and sisters, they have a message for you right now. They mean it. They really do. Yeah, we thank the Lord for that. Uh, John Bechtel, he may know more about China than anyone I personally know. And I just, one day, we were just driving together, and uh, I was just, I said, I always loved asking John this. I go, John, what is God doing in China? Because I get his heart. And he just said this. He said, God is getting ready to send out a force of evangelists into the world. And the church is growing. And uh, it's a beautiful thing what God's doing. These are so bold. And he said, I know right now uh, 10,000 in one group that are ready to go into the world and preach the gospel. They want to bring the gospel all the way back to Jerusalem and just travel. And uh, I just said, wow, we're going to be praying for that. We really are. Uh, This is everyone. Just, uh, again, just... You know, this is the suffering yet victorious church of China. They are so grateful to you, and uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. These are your brothers and sisters. This is your family over there. They're suffering, but they are victorious uh, for Christ. Jesus said, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, suffering, prison, whatever it is, hardship will not prevent that church from going forward. They're praying for you. Believe me, they are praying for you. They know about our church. They're praying for you. And uh, let's be praying for them as well. Amen? Amen. Hey, let me pray. Then I want to take the rest of our time and just kind of share a few things. We're about five minutes early, but let's pray first. Lord, thank you for the privilege of just uh, being able to go and represent our church and bring a blessing to these dear ones that you brought out to this conference, and it was not by accident that you selected these 102. And Lord, how special. And thank you for the lessons that you have taught them and through them have taught us. And uh, I'm not sure what maybe that lesson has been for you, but there's a reason why the Lord brought you here. And I believe that uh, through testimony and through pictures, the Holy Spirit is able to take what you've seen and has been able to speak to you and, and encourage you. And, and I want to just give you a moment to be alone with the Lord right now 
and just to thank him for that which you have received to pray for the, the Church of China. Maybe there's a pastor here, a face of someone you want to lift up to the Lord. And, and, but then also to talk to God about what he's talked to you about. So I'm just going to give us a moment here to just be quiet and to have a time with God. And so you come to the Father right now. Thank you for hearing our prayer, Lord. We love you and pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said?